The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. And today we've got another top 10 episode for you. We are going to dive into the world of the guitar solo. That's my own little solo for you, John. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the guitar solo, a very important part of rock and roll history and generally popular music history. We did this one because, you know, guitar solo, there are guitar solos and then there are guitar solos. And those are the ones that we're going to talk about. These ones that you think of, the ones that make an impact, that something that shows you, oh, this instrument really does rock. It doesn't just give you crunchy chords and shit. I was very tempted to step outside of rock to look at other things. I didn't end up doing that. I didn't end up doing that. Um, I looked into some country stuff. And there are some very interesting guitar solos in country, but a lot of them are kind of what we'd call chicken picking style, mm-hmm. like really fast. And honestly, none of them really grabbed me. So I was like, mm, because I like when I think of solos in country, the most common one would be maybe slide guitar, but I didn't really sure. consider that for, I kind of consider that its own instrument, even though it's very similar to guitar. Um, fiddle would be a very common one. Oh, There's some yeah. good stuff some in there. Um, I also thought about jazz, but all of the really good jazz guitar solos that I know of, the guitar is the main instrument throughout the uh, sure. song. And one of the stipulations that we put was this can't be like a guitar song, mm-hmm. like Stevie Ray's, Stevie Ray Vaughan's version of Little Wing or Eric Johnson's Cliffs of Dover or something Van like Halen's that. Van Halen's Eruption is a very famous it, one. Exactly. That doesn't count. I, yeah, so I wouldn't count, we couldn't count those. Yeah. Um, so it had to be a song where the solo happens in the middle of just kind of a regular generic song, if you were. Yeah. If it was. Um, so I came up with a list that probably a lot of people would put some of these. I was torn between picking personal favorites and picking ones that I thought were really important. And I have a little bit of a mix of both, yep. in truth. I, I think I did the same for me. Absolutely. Um, and the thing is, is that a lot of these ones that other people would have put on their list are ones I would have put on my list anyway, because mm-hmm. I really, really, uh, you know, love them. So um, I really don't have too much more to add. I'm kind of ready to just talk about these solos. Yeah. I mean, guitar solos, they, they add a fun element. You know, they take a little break from, you know, just doing the singing of the, you know, verse and chorus. And then you just you can add in something very intriguing. Um, and yeah, so I'm very excited to be talking about this. Uh, all right, well, I'll let you start us off with your number 10. Sure. Uh, so I, I try to do a little bit of a, um, mix in genres. Um, classic mm-hmm. rock is kind of known as being the right. guitar solo, you know, height. Um, but there's great guitar solos in a lot of stuff. And yeah. so I'm picking one of, I think probably the best, one of the best, uh, well, for me, the best grunge, uh, rock guitar solo. And that's. Alive by Pearl Jam. Not on my list. Okay. Yeah. 
I do remember that solo. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. I think that is a great solo. It, it really stands out. I mean, it kind of helps take like the song kind of to the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McCready is one of the best. And there are some other. Actually, I had some. Uh, if they don't get mentioned, I have some honorable mentions in grunge that have some phenomenal guitar solos, too. I do as well. Um, but like we talked about him not too long ago on our Temple of the Dog. He did this like five minute solo on <laughs> Reach Down, which was one I considered. But this one, just this one, just it's almost an integral part of the song. One of the things that I love about a really good guitar solo is because a lot of the times that can be improvised. You know, like you mm-hmm. go into a um, you know into a live concert and then the solo is just going to be improvised, whatever they're feeling. But there right. are sometimes these, and, and for most, for all, almost all of these on my list, it's where the solo stands out so much where it becomes an integral part of the song. Um, and for this one, you know, when you when you get to this part, it's just like I know what what notes are going to get hit, and I'm going to air right. guitar with it. Uh, to me, a great guitar solo is not just technical flash. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's not necessarily that memorable. It's it's impressive when you see it, but if it's a if it's if it's like its own melody, yeah. If it's something that I yeah. can almost hum, you know, or you know, I can sing every note, or I, I have it memorized. Like that is the hallmark of a really good guitar solo. And I agree. I think the one from uh, Alive mm-hmm. is absolutely a great guitar solo. Uh, okay, so my number 10, I'll be honest, I had a hard time kind of figuring out what I was going to do for my number 10, and what I settled on was there are two solos in this song done by two different people, so I had to t- decide which one of the two I liked better, which was hard because they're both great. Uh, the second one, which is the one I did not pick, uh, is done by the great Dickie Betts, and so I decided to go with the first one from the song Whipping Post, which was done by Dwayne Allman. He's not even like he's not even doing like his intense like uh, slide guitar stuff. No, he's not. He's just he's just rocking a, a, mm-hmm. a regular blues solo. But this is the one that I'm I'm constantly air guitaring to when yeah. I get to the song. Whippin' Post is one of my favorite songs. It's so cool. It's so different with the kind of the tempo changes or the time changes that happen, um, which is really not even intentional. They just kind of wrote a lick that they liked. And then you kind of figure, oh, well, it's actually an 11 or 333 plus 2, whatever you want to do. I, however you want to break it down, I don't really care. Um, but Dwayne Allman, one of the great guitarists that we lost. And I, I, I hate to imagine the kind of music that we could have gotten mm-hmm. from the Allman Brothers Band past. I mean, we got great songs from them even after Dwayne Allman died. Sure. But if we'd still had him, like what kind of incredible stuff would have come come out of that guitar yep absolutely and great call great solo uh all right your number nine all right uh, my number nine has a chance of being on your list uh it is done by the amazing eddie van halen but is not on a van halen song it is the guitar solo for beat it that was my number 11 uh is yeah it it's such a great solo
amazing energy to a Michael Jackson song. I mean, on top of that, it really helps that the music video, this is like the knife fight, you know, right. this is a great <laughs> iconic moment in music video history. There is such a clean sound to Eddie Van right. Halen's guitar playing. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's, it's iconic. It's an iconic um, solo. Um, you know, it, it's I think a lot of people would probably have it a little bit higher, but, you know, it actually I wish honestly, I wish it lasted longer. It was just right. it was too short for me. I'm like, I, I love my Michael, but like mm-hmm. at this point, I am in full rocking mode and I'm like, give me a whole nother minute of just this play and I'm <laughs> loving it. And it fits really well into this kind of almost dancey pop song not quite dancey i mean there's there's a little bit of edge to it because yeah. the they've got the rock the don yeah. which is done i can never remember his name but it's actually the guy from toto is the guy oh. who does that that lick okay um that was his a lot of his his backing band for that album was actually some of the members most of the members nice. of toto didn't know that um because they were a studio group or like so they oh. before they became toto they spent most time doing stuff in the you studio pr- i mean you probably told me that when we talked thriller but i, I think forgot. we probably did just a little bit uh, but no, I, I mean, absolute iconic choice, and yeah. was on every top ten yeah. or every guitar solo list that I saw was sure. that one. Um, so for my number nine, it was really more for the guitarist than it was for the solo itself, because his solos on all the different songs are so different because he thinks about guitar in a different way. Um, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've had to explain to people, oh no. That's not a DJ. That's a guitar. I decided initially, I was initially going to go with Bulls on Parade, but I decided to go with, I think, one that was a little bit better uh, structured, uh, and that is Tom Morello's solo on Killing in the Name. That was my number 11. It was oh, right nice. there. Right there. <laughs> Technically, a good guitar player. I would not call him Eddie Van Halen level. What I would call him is an innovator, an out-of-the-box thinker, uh, a rogue, going against the machine, not just the political machine, but the the norms of thinking, what can a guitar do? He's, he's, one, he's one of those sort of visionary guitar players that we love to look up to because he, one, he didn't take shit from anyone, and two, he did anything however he wanted to do it. Yeah. And, you know, after there's there's before Tom Morello and after Tom Morello way of thinking of the guitar of, oh, this is just a guitar, and what can this thing actually do? What can I create using six strings and some stomp pedals? Yeah, you can tell he added some other noise, like some kind of wah-wah and some others. It almost, not quite, but it almost has like an elements of, like you know, that theremin kind of sound yeah. to it because yeah. he's got it pitched so differently and it sounds so it sounds like nothing you've heard before and you right. gotta love it and every time i hear one of his solos from a song it's he never seems like he's 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 using the same idea he's trying to create he's trying to make his guitar sound like something else mm-hmm. and doing it successfully every time yeah uh, all right your number eight all right i don't think my number eight will be on your list um, but we have heard it before, especially when we uh, talked about 
the wonderful movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. This is an 80s kind of hair metal awesome group. Uh, the, the song is Play With Me by the band Extreme. I would say that solo was extreme. Yeah, holy shit, man. It just I felt like I just snorted a pound of cocaine <laughs> all while drinking seven Red Bulls. Like <laughs> that is such a fast, intense uh um solo, and I love I love the energy on that solo. Yes. That <laughs> that that that's exactly what that feels yeah. listening to that solo what it feels like is snorting coke and doing red bull yeah <laughs> exactly. shotgunning red bull at the same time <laughs> that's a good call uh okay so i know my number eight is not going to be on your list it this one is on here for its nostalgia strictly for its nostalgia because it was one of the first times i remember trying to learn a guitar solo Spent a lot of time learning to play riffs, learning to play chords. I'm not particularly a great technical guitar player. I'm more of like an adequate rhythm player. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need if you need somebody who can just hold down some rhythm for you, I'm your guy. I can do that. Um, but one of the first songs I ever tried to learn a solo for was actually the solo was on an acoustic guitar. And so I always had a good acoustic guitar. I didn't get an electric until I was like later in high school. And so I really, really wanted to learn this. And the funny thing is, is the solo comes from someone who isn't even a member of the band. They was brought on to do this on a live performance. Uh, and I'm talking about Kurt Kirkwood's solo from Nirvana's Unplugged uh, album. And the song was Lake of Fire. So it's it's fairly bluesy. Mm-hmm. It's fairly simple, which is part of the reason why I wanted to learn it because like that's not hard. So the nostalgia of it being one of the first solos for me to learn is kind of the reason why I decided to put it on on this list because it is still a solo that I will kind of go back to. I don't know if I could play it all the way through anymore from memory, but if I relearned it, I could do it. Uh, and so that's really the only reason why it's on here. Okay, cool. Hey, that's that's important. Absolutely. Uh, all right, your number seven. All right, my number seven is from, I mean, a great guitar band. Um, they had a fantastic guitarist, Dave Mustaine, for a while, but then he left because he didn't get along with the rest of the members, and then they pulled in another phenomenal player, Kirk Hammett. Uh, and my number seven is Fade to Black by Metallica.
the the actual solo like does like the last like three minutes of the song, like at least mm-hmm. like two and a half, three minutes of the song. Um, but like, there's a point where it just kind of gets those hammers and all that kind of stuff really get mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I I do think, and I've got to call out Metallica from some of their earliest. This is on the Ride the Lightning album, right? This and on some like Master Puppets and earlier stuff. They have a problem with their mixing, and I really don't like <laughs> it. Uh, so what they did was, I think that they really raised they they had too heavy of a level on their rhythm guitar and their drums Mm. and then their lead guitar and their vocals were just kind of muddled in and they got drowned out by that Mm. other stuff um and so i think honestly the solo would have pushed even harder if you just mix it a little bit better to where the the lead guitar and the vocals stand out more because they just i don't know it almost sounds like they mixed everything just like a flat number and it's just like no you can't do that (laughs) um but that doesn't take away from the intense mastery that kirk hammett has on the guitar and you can hear it in this song it's just phenomenal it's it rides it out you know you're, you're fade to black on this awesome solo yeah, I, I almost had uh, nothing else matters because I really like his uh, melodic kind of sure. solo on on that one. All right, so my number seven, I I kind of expect this guy to show up on your list. It probably won't be this song. In fact, okay. I'm sure it probably won't be this song. Um, but I do expect this guy to be on your list, uh, and that is uh, the one and only Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, and I went with his solo from the song Crossfire. Honestly, I could have picked any Stevie song, yeah. and you could make a case for it. Yeah, um, but for something, it this was one of the ones that I always like. I could I could kind of sing along and airplay with Stevie all the way through one. He just he makes some really tasty and almost simpler than normal choices. A lot of people would have said Texas Flood because he has a really great guitar solo on that mm-hmm. one. Maybe it makes maybe it shows up better. We don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we know. Sorry, I hope it didn't ruin anything. Uh, but it, there should be no surprise that Stevie Ray Vaughan would make, especially my list for a guitar solo of any kind. Sure. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Great, great call. All right. Your number seven. Uh, my number seven is a classic. It was pretty much high on most all the lists I kind of looked at to do some of my research. Um, and it is a an amazing solo. Not the like the most intense guitar solo, but it is... It, it's just one you have to air guitar when you hear the song. It's an amazing, epic song. That's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Higher my list. Okay. My number six. Are we or on, or on Yeah, we're six? on six. Oh, wait. That is my number six. Hey, number six for both of us. That is my number six. Sorry. <laughs> I was confused for a second. I forgot where we were. Uh, yeah, actually, Bohemian Rhapsody by Brian May is my number six.
it's not often that even an instrument can stand up to the vocal power of a Freddie Mercury, but mm-hmm. that guitar rises on this amazingly classical and operatic song. This guitar just comes out of nowhere and just like takes over a, a, a portion as equal as Freddie Mercury is. And it's just, it's got this wonderful kind of classic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so, this is, and I kind of complained about Metallica's mixing. This is mixed so well where you're just hearing it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and I think operatic, mm-hmm. I, people have mentioned that the song is, is operatic, but that to me, that guitar solo is operatic. It yeah. fits within the song so well. And you're right. The mix is great because it is, it's there, but I don't feel like it takes over the whole sound. You can still feel uh, the harmonies of the band coming in behind, underneath it. And it, the, the solo just kind of soars. And again, not, technically amazing but to me that almost makes it better it's iconic it's iconic you can you can sing it and he he will have to play and i'm sure has played that solo that exact same way yeah every single time for the rest of his life you have some sometimes the all most all these on this list you have to play it the same way because they've just gotten so good uh there's a great video out on youtube from when they were filming the the movie bohemian rhapsody um that i believe while the uh Guy, I think it was either right before he did it or while he was doing it. Brian May played that solo in person while they were filming the scene of the uh, actor playing Brian May was recording that nice. solo. <laughs> so he basically like played live along uh-huh. with it. That's cool. Uh, so it, yeah. Which oddly enough, I've still not seen the actual movie it's, yet. It's pretty good. It's not amazing. It's My not, son it, has been bugging me to watch it because he loves Queen and Freddie Mercury, good. and we just yeah, haven't gotten around to it. It's pretty good movie. Uh, okay, that was Brother Number Sixes. Where are we? We're on our number fives, right? Yep. yep. Okay, what's your number five? Uh, my number five, I don't know if it'll be on your list. I, I'm, I'm going to assume not because, I mean, you're, I know you're a fan of this band, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like you've got other stuff that you might like better. Maybe you push away because this song is known as maybe one of the greatest rock songs of all time. In fact, you're not even allowed to play it in most music stores that I've seen from Wayne's World. No Stairway, man. I'm talking Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Uh, That was also an honorable mention. Okay. The whole Stairway song is such an awesome long build. And I talked about this song as well as actually, I think Bohemian Rhapsody um, on my, on our top 10 classic rock songs. But like, it's a very nice slow build and you get forever. Mm-hmm. And then what really adds the, takes the shift into just that hard rock is this guitar solo. You kind of, you start off here, kind of even kind of like, and just kind of keeps moving, get it bluesy, nice. And then it writes the hard rock. And then Robert Plant comes back in. And when we ride on down, like by when the time the vocals come back, it's a fucking rock God song. Um, It kind of takes it from power ballad to rock anthem. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Page. Yeah. Does a great job of transitioning the song through his solo. But you're right. It starts out a little bit more melodic 
And then it gets a little bit crazier and a little bit crazier as it goes. And it's not like, you know, like weird eruption Eddie Van Halen saw by the end. But he's still like, it's pushing and pushing and rocking and rocking to where you get like the second half of the song. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's it's masterfully done. Yep. Yep. It's a great transition. Uh, Okay. So my number five might be unexpected because I like the band. I've never loved the band. I'm more much more of a, I kind of like the hits more than anything else. Um, and this song is an okay song. It's a good song. But man, does he make the guitar sing during the solo? And I am talking Slash so, uh, Slash's solo from November Rain. Uh, that song is not on my list. Okay. Um, there's another song, which I'm guessing might be it, uh, where he does another one. But for like, to me, that solo is kind of like a beacon of light in a muddy area where the song is kind of like okay. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Axl Rose's vocals. Uh, something, something about it just kind of grates on me a little bit. I think they have some great songs. I just think his vocals like are not are particularly great. Um but like this solo kind of comes out of nowhere and you know kind of goes ahead we talked about videos yeah they kind of seen that where it's just him and with a small church in the middle of nowhere i don't know where the church came from helicopter shots all around him it's awesome just it's it's a it's a great kind of iconic moment and that's really to me like that 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 whole song uh was for slash yeah (laughs) like (laughs) that slash's song now just for that small little solo right there just uh, which, funny enough, November Rain was the first one I wrote down by Guns mm-hmm. N' Roses because, like, my head went to get the slash in front of the church, you right. know, and I was like, that's going to be the solo. And then I listened to it, and it's fucking good. It's a really yeah. good solo. But for me, my number four mm. is the other Guns N' Roses song you are probably alluding to, uh, which Slash also kills it from Sweet Child of Mine. great solo it is i mean he's just a damn amazing guitarist and it, you know there's there's a point of course it goes in and it goes real hard um at this one section i just i love it it's just it feels like great great rock you know like man you kind of miss some of that i just not to say that there's not great rock bands out there right now but i do i miss when this was like the shit you know when mm-hmm. this was new and i'm kind of tired of some of these just electronic pop stuff and everything is created via MIDI and whatnot. And, you know, you get a little trap beat and whatnot. Like I can, and and I know there are bands out there that are doing it and I'm sure I can just find them, but like, I want it to be popular again. I want them to get like the, the, you know, 
the comeuppance that they deserve for putting together this like their their prowess on this guitar is amazing and i just it slash just kills it and it just feels classic uh all right so my number four if it's not on your list i at least expect it to be an honorable mention um uh, because it is one of the most memorable things about a really good song uh but it is kind of part of that that kind of tradition of having like a really long guitar solo at the end of the song and it's not one guitarist it's two joe walsh and don felder from hotel california mention sure uh i mean uh it's an iconic solo in an iconic song um yeah. they make it work so well uh very it's not it sounds harder than it actually is um but i think the fact that it's two of them uh they play off of each other and then you get to the iconic duet part where they're just playing the da na na da na na da which is you know not musically not terribly difficult Mm -hmm. but it's so well constructed and harmonized that it's it's hard you i i would not be able to listen to that song if that solo was not a part of it if someone was just singing it by himself i would find i would expect him to find a way to play that solo in there um, because you cannot have one without the other now it adds a lot to the song, which is already a great song. But you're right, and, and every every list that I saw had that song on it, and rightfully right. so. It's a wonderful solo. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and we when we talked about uh, their um, Hell Freezes Over tour, uh, how much I actually really enjoyed their acoustic version that they did because they yeah. made it really work yeah. on on acoustic. Yeah, because they kind of added some like Latin flair to it. It was really cool. Yeah, which I mean, there was already there. There was already sort of like sort of hint of Spanish mm-hmm. uh, sound in the song itself. Um, so they just kind of leaned into that and mm-hmm. used some some of the nylon guitars for that. So yeah, you number three. Uh, my number three was mentioned by you. Spoiled if you want to say, but it doesn't matter because he is one of the greatest guitarists of all time. He's probably my single favorite guitarist, and I know he's up there for you as well, Steve Ray Vaughan. And I did choose Texas Flood. I, I, any song you chose, I would have been like, that's awesome. I I was kind of down between Texas Flood and actually Pride and Joy um, mm-hmm. because yeah. every song that, that Stevie Ray has, <laughs> it has a solo yeah. um, because that's his thing. Uh, he is a great singer. Yeah, for blues, he's a great singer, but his guitar is what really speaks to to everybody. Um, and, you know, the the his stuff and what makes his stuff incredible, it's like, this song, I couldn't choose Little Wing, of course, because John already mentioned we're not doing all guitar songs. Right. That's my favorite Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray Vaughan song. 
But this one is basically almost an entire solo. And then you get a couple singing in there, you know, like, so it's not right. technically a guitar, you know, um, you know, it's flooding down to Texas. All the telephone lines are down. And then here's, here's some <laughs> awesome guitar. And then he right. says that again, here's some more awesome guitar. Um, it's just, it's mesmerizing the way he plays. Yeah. It, it, it's just clean. It's just, you hear every single note. It's incredible. Um, and it's just, yeah, and he does a great job of, and blues, this is a blues thing in general, which is call and response. You know, mm-hmm. like B.B. King is perfect for this. He'll sing a line and then his guitar will talk back to him. Stevie Ray does it the same, but he does it even more. It's just more yeah. epic. It's like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna say a couple lines with my voice and then my guitar is going to say like 27 lines <laughs> of just awesomeness. And he's one of those guitar players that his guitar has its own voice. If yeah. you played any uh, any lick of him, you know, playing a solo or anything, I would be able to tell you that is Stevie. Yeah, he, he has a specific tone. He has a specific way that he plays. He has a lot of licks that he likes to use over and over again. So I'd be able to just kind of pick that out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's and that's another earmark of just an iconic guitar player where you can just listen to him play and immediately, even if it was not a song you'd ever heard before, you'd be able to know that's Stevie. Uh, All right, so my number three, uh, I kind of like was torn between where my three and four were going to be. I kind of had them flip-flopped a little bit. Um, And I I had other other songs that I thought about, but this song by the band is a good song. It's not one that I like to listen to a lot because it's a little bit slower, and so... I don't always listen to it, but man, does David Gilmore make his guitar sing in Comfortably Numb. Honorable mention for me. Uh, there are two solos in here, and so I'll have to decide when I'm editing which one I'm going to show because um, I love them both. Um, but it's another one where, like to me, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, he makes the guitar like its own voice in this sort of psychedelic operatic type song that is comfortably numb. And it's so, like, I don't think David Gilmore probably was ever able to change that solo. I think he has to play it that way every time because it is so ingrained with the rest of the song. Yeah, it's it's you're right. It, it is um, another one that was called out by many people as like the best guitar, their favorite guitar solo, and it mm-hmm. is it is an iconic guitar solo, and it's a one. It's just absolutely it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful in a, in a right in a slower song where it kind of also pulls out its own voice. It's it's mm-hmm. you know in that song, so that's great. Uh, all right, your number two. All right, my number two, and I gave you a fair warning about this, John, is that I'm going to have to lawyer in I, this song. Okay. All right, so, John, I, we're trying to, so we have to do songs because we are, we're trying to, you know, we're a nostalgic podcast before 2005. So this solo happened in 2004 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. There was an album that it was put on, and that was another thing John said, well, it has to be on a live album. There was an album 
It was a live compilation album from different live songs happening uh, throughout Hall of Fame inductions. The album came out in 2011, but this performance happened in 2004, and it is Prince fucking going insane during While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I'll definitely allow it. I mean, it was it was released on an album, so I'll allow it. Okay, and so, all right, and he he just goes ham. You know, I recommend, and I've already probably I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but anybody who respects Prince and you may not realize how good he is at other instruments and mm-hmm. how good he is at guitar. You know, yes, Purple Rain is a phenomenal um, solo in its own right, but. This one, I just, I adore it. And the way he just takes over this crowd, the way he just takes over the song, it's absolutely incredible. Um, he puts his entire energy, his Prince energy, like he's he's up there with Tom Petty and and Jeff Lynn and, and some other people. They're, you know, they're honoring, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, George Harrison say, for George this Harrison, thing, right? and, you know, getting inducted. And, you know, those are some absolute greats. And Prince is just like, hey, stand back. I got this. And he just, and you see some of the faces of other people just watching him, you know, and they're just like, holy shit, this guy is killing. There's a part where he is like, he has a guy stationed in the crowd, you know, down there who stands up and Prince just leans back and lays back, still doing the solo while the guy holds him in the crowd and pushes <laughs> him back. It's literally fucking amazing. I can't think of anything more Prince. And he kills it. Like, you kind of just don't realize how phenomenal of a musician this guy was until you actually watch him and realize, oh, wait, you know, like his first three albums? Yeah, he didn't just sing and write everything. He also played every single instrument on those albums. So, yeah. so I, and I, this solo, I just, I fucking love it. Absolutely love it. So, uh, my number two should not be a surprise uh, because it is also one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time. Um, and to me, it's up here not only because it is iconic, but because I spent a lot of time when I was a kid actually analyzing this solo. I couldn't play this solo. It's also very long. It's also at the end of a song. But to me, the most impressive thing is that it is double-tracked. Uh, Alan Collins went in and played the solo, then went back and did it again. And to me, the tasty parts of this solo are actually the parts where he messes up where he didn't get the part exactly right the second time that he did the first time, and it creates this cool counter-melody harmony situation that goes on. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens in like small moments uh, throughout the song, and to me, that's what is going to make it one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time, and that is Freebird from Leonard Skinner. And that's my number one, so it okay. transfer right into my number one. It's, it's an amazing solo. Yeah.
in in a in a pretty cool song. Uh, Gary Rossington playing that really nice slide part mm-hmm. uh, in in the beginning. Um, and I know that he on the live stuff, Gary Rossington had to learn the solo because him and and Alan Collins will play it together. But Alan Collins is the one who did it on the studio track, and that's the one yeah. I'm, I'm basing it off of. Yep. Uh, but I mean, if you if you don't hear Freebird and immediately think of that solo, yeah, that I, I don't know what we're doing here. And I we've already talked about how epic a lot of these other solos are. This is the most of the epic song. You're right. It just it it takes over the song for like the last half of the song basically and it's just it goes through the gamut of slow and then it gets so intense that you're basically about to explode until it kind of backs off and you start jamming again to the end of the mm-hmm. song and all this kind of stuff it's it's absolutely incredible i cannot help i wasn't i honestly wasn't sure that that was going to be my favorite but mm-hmm. whenever when i was listening around and i and i was checking myself anytime that solo came on I literally couldn't help myself from like stomping my feet and just like rocking myself out. Like that would that gave me the biggest, you know, physical and emotional like um, reaction out of any of them. And it is right. it's just the coolest solo. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that leaves me with my number one, uh, which is a solo that I've I've just I've always loved it. Um, I when I was a kid and I found this song, I felt like it was kind of like a dirty little secret um, because not a lot of kids my age were listening to classic rock and the song that they were most familiar with this band for uh was was much came much later uh in their career and didn't sound like this it is easily the guitar solo i go back to all the time uh and that is sultans of swing by dire straits i I knew that was going to be high on your list yeah yeah It's so awesome in a song that is frankly kind of a slow burn. You really got to get to the end, but it totally pays off when you finally get there. Yeah, it it was another like close honorable mention for me. It was right in that spot. It's great. Um, All right. Um, I didn't really have any uh, other. I will kind of I'll give one honorable mention that's kind of in the grunge category Um, in a song that is kind of underrated because it came off of an album that wasn't as. Uh, popular, um, but to me, the impressive thing about this solo is the tuning of the guitar when he did it. Uh, the tuning guitar was really weird. It's actually C G C C C E, something like that. It's really, 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 really weird. Um, but there is the two, not the top string, but the next two smaller strings are the exact same pitch. So not like an octave below, right? It's the exact same pitch. So he's two strings in the same pitch. And he does most of the solo on those two strings. So you get this really cool chorus effect. Um, and I'm talking a little bit because I blanked on the name and I had to look it up. <laughs> um, uh, it is from Soundgarden. So Kim Thaheel's doing his solo on Pretty Noose. Oh. Which was their first uh, yeah. single off of Down on the Upside. Okay. And, and Spoonman, I throw out, has that was one of them. That's has a, a great, great solo, solo as well. well. Um, 
And then I do want to add another grunge solo, uh, Them Bones, in Alice in Chains for oh, the song. Yeah. Them Bones has a fantastic solo as well. I kind of considered that one. Yeah, Jerry Jerry Cantrell is kind of yeah. like, he kind of, you know, they we talked about they've kind, they came from that sort of hair metal mentality of the flashy guitar, and he carried that into his grunge playing, which I think gave them a different voice from all of the other Seattle grunge bands that came around, yeah. in addition to having two lead singers who could harmonize really well, and that gave Alice in Chains' own other voice. Uh, Cantrell's guitar playing also kind of gave it its own voice, very much that I think that Kim Thayhill does. I think Kim Thayhill yeah. is one of those very yeah. much under flew well, under people, the radar guitar players. People forget about him, weirdly. Um, and then the only one I want to throw in there, uh, just because a lot of people, you know, that you're going to throw out, you're talking guitar, Jimi Hendrix, um, he's got multiple songs, Hey Joe or All Along the Watchtower, both sure. have phenomenal solos. I, uh, All Along the Watchtower was one that I considered as well. Yeah. I mean, that song was so much so that now when Bob Dylan sings it, he yeah. plays Jimmy's version, yeah. not his it's, original version. It's the better version. <laughs> yeah, it's Jimmy's song now. So. Uh, all right, this was actually a lot of fun, not only to talk about, but to just, just to research. I had I, I honestly was like, well, I'm not going to know that many, but then I did the research. I was like, fuck, this is tough, and I had to listen to so <laughs> many ones, but it was it was awesome. It was it was honestly a really good time. And in truth, if we came back next year and did it again, I probably could come up with another ten that were completely oh, different. So yeah, I could do an eleven through twenty. Yeah, no problem. It'd have been fine. Uh, all right, that was our top ten guitar solos. Please join us next time for an old timey medical episode as we break down the 1991 film Doc Hollywood, discuss the 90s TV show Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and recast Doc Hollywood using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, and if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.